So as I just said, I did have to call the cops to file a noise complaint. I think it was it was well earned. Yeah. Like whenever we recorded last time, it was pretty loud. Yeah. So And that wasn't even like normally loud. And I think I told last time that I went and asked him like directly to his face because mm-hmm. it had played from 10 p.m. till at the point where he finally answered the door, 9 a.m., uh, 11 hours and all through the night of the subwoofer going. Uh, and I asked him when he finally answered the door and the music conveniently got shut off. It's like, uh, I'm sorry, could you just turn off your subwoofer? Like, that's been going all night. I have tried multiple times to get you to answer the door. He's like, there's no music playing. I, that's the music that I go to sleep to. It's on my phone. You can't hear it. I'm like, okay. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Okay. Because the other apartments around you, it's not coming from them. It's coming from you. But uh, sorry for bothering you. If it wasn't you, mm-hmm. it was 100%. You, but hey. sorry for bothering you. If it wasn't you, you freak that listens to chest-pounding electronic music to go to sleep. Hey, friends! I just want to let you know a subwoofer is not a white noise machine. <laughs> so, I that the next day he uh, didn't. There was no music playing. Or that, that night there's no music playing, so it's like, huh, that's weird. That's weird that it's been every single night. I wonder what his sign is. <laughs> <laughs> Just prone to really loud music? Don't, I mean... don't know, but uh, it's weird that every single night this week, except for the night of the day where I asked you to stop, that's the one night that there's no music playing. Yeah, then weird. the next night it started again, and I was like... <sighs> If it hadn't been every single night this week, mm-hmm. I would have been like Friday. Okay. Yeah. Let it go till two. Mm-hmm. Not not till two. Till like midnight. Mm-hmm. I still have to be up in the morning. Yeah. At three in the morning. But <laughs> <laughs> it's like I recognize that my schedule is the weird one here. Yeah. Except it's been every single night where it's been until three in the morning. Yeah. I know this because that's what time I wake up. Yeah. <laughs> so... I was like, no, mm-mm. And I was just laying in bed and looked up the number, feeling like an old man. <laughs> and I was like, you darn kids, turn your music down. Hi, uh, <laughs> I'd just uh, like to file a noise complaint. <laughs> and uh, they sent out an officer. They asked me if I, I would like to hear from the officer. And I said, no, I have to be awake at three in the morning. And it's 1145. Mm-hmm. And I also explained, it was like, you know, it it starts at 10 and it doesn't end until 9 in the morning. Right. So, this isn't... I'm not being the old curmudgeon here. <laughs> it's 6.30. I'm going to bed. I know. I <laughs> Turn down your darn music, kids. I've always been 
a relatively quiet person. Yeah. I've always tried to be considerate of others. Except that morning I also, you know that big giant speaker that I have for some reason? Because <laughs> my mom sent, bought me a, what she thought was supposed to be a computer speaker and it turned out to be a show speaker. Mm-hmm. Uh, I did strap that to my wall <laughs> and and was playing podcasts as loud as I could mostly because I was like I would play electronica except I don't care for it and I have a bunch of podcasts I'm trying to catch up on so while he was playing subwoofer music this is the same morning where I could not get him to answer the door uh, until nine o'clock so I was up at five doing food prep and had that strapped to the wall playing comedy podcasts pretty much as loud as it could go. What you should have done was turn on, like, one of those songs that's actually used for, like, mental warfare. No. Like, like Cher's, Cher's music. Oh, I was going to say, like, Aqua's um, Barbie Girl. Yeah. Uh, Barbie Except Girl. I have to live through it, too. Yeah, that's the problem. That's why I didn't choose electronic music. Oh, Okay. Not if you guys like electronic music, that's fine. I don't judge anyone's choices in music, but it's got a loud bass, and he doesn't even have the volume up. He just has the bass turned up way too loud because you can't hear the music. You just hear the <laughs> coming through the walls. <sighs> Beatboxing brought to you by so. Kingcast. I was I was kind of hoping that he would keep doing it and I would get to keep calling. Yeah. <laughs> but he hasn't. It's, it's funny. Well, hopefully that is resolved. I'm yeah. sure you're not the only one that's complained. And the day before that happened, I was coming home from work and I had groceries in my hand and walked past his apartment and he's standing outside and... He starts trying to get his attention and like knocking while while I'm standing beside him instead of talk like instead of saying anything. Mm-hmm. And so I'm just like, no, no fucker. If you want my attention, you say something. Mm-hmm. You don't knock at a person because we're human fucking beings. <laughs> Not an animal. Grunt at me. <laughs> and then he saw me put my key in my door and unlock it and realize, oh. This isn't the food delivery that I ordered. <laughs> That's funny. Anyway. That's KitKat for the that week. Out. Thanks for listening. We'll see you all next <laughs> week. I, I figured they had a right to know the continuing story since yeah. I was brought it up last week. The continuing saga of Noisy Neighbor. Yeah. Noisy Neighbor. Yeah. If you have uh, any suggestions... Uh, well, it's mostly stopped, but... If anyone has any suggestions, like, uh, I mean, I've seen through his window, Mm -hmm. even though he tries to keep it blocked. It's gross in there. (laughs) Like, it looks like a hoarder's house. Oh. It's real gross. Boo. Well, let's, let's talk signs. A very localized fire could start and just not spread. Yeah. I'm trying to figure out the people. Burn his apartment down. Just specifically that, yeah. Just specifically his and do no damage to the surrounding apartments. I've been trying to figure out... Or him. I just want him gone. (laughs) I've been trying to figure out my new people at work, what their signs are, so I can figure out their personalities a little bit. 
Why don't you just talk to them? No. And discover their personalities instead of... Instead of... Instead of labeling them. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. I have thoughts, but it's like you get to know somebody and you're like, they have like all these personality traits of this particular sign. I wonder when their birthday is. But you shouldn't judge anyone by their sign. No, no, no. I'm not judging them. I'm judging them by their behavior. Because if you find out that one of them's a Leo, then it's like, okay, well, they're an asshole. For you, I I mean, you You, you agreed really... that you don't like Leo. Yeah, in their description, they sounded very uh, much like somebody that I would like to hate. Yeah, but the, I mean, disclaimer, none of it's real. Yeah, yeah. None the signs are all made up real. and the points don't matter. Yes. Right. Unless you believe they do, in which case, it, it's good to have beliefs. Mm-hmm. I don't believe that they do. Mm-hmm. I don't think we should prejudge anyone. I don't prejudge them. As Victor E. Frankel once said, there are two races in this world that of the decent man and that of the indecent man. I saw you post that. That was really cool. They exist in all races. And there is no race that is that consists of all of one of them. And therefore, you can never judge a man until you get to know them. That's true. That's very true. Some some of the uh, nicest people he knew were uh, Awful doctors people. and guards at concentration camps. And some of the worst people he knew were prisoners at concentration camps. Yeah. Well, so. I still want to know what, about, what, what we can learn about Aquarius... Because that's this this yes. next sign, which which is the date for what Jan- January twenty first through January twenty first through February nineteenth. February nineteenth, very cool. Seems a little shorter than the other ones. Yeah, it kind of does, but they're usually a month. No, it's the same length. Okay, same length as Capricorn, anyway. Yeah. Uh, but yes, the uh, the. Aquarius. I'm going to have difficulty figuring out a song for the Aquarius. Yeah, I don't know. I can't think of one. The water bear. <laughs> the water bear. Yeah. The tardigrade. Yeah. Uh, it is the sign of sexual evolution. Uh, the Aquarius man is what we're doing this week. Uh, because as we said, the book Yeah, does, it kind of builds yeah. on that. So, so uh, it is the visitor. The visitor. From another world. A traveler. E.P. <laughs> the Aquarius man is the most estranged character in the Zodiac. He exudes an air of detachedness, an ironic symptom of his sign's infamous association with human liberty. On a one-to-one level, he feels set apart from others, while he is often predisposed to belonging to a larger set social group, class, or even philosophical idea. Hmm. Okay. He is the consummate man of conviction, no matter how outrageous his belief system and his signature utopian notions. Wait. Yeah. No matter how outrageous his belief system and signature utopian notions, they are often catching. And to women, he seems sordid, self-sufficient. He seems sordid and self-sufficient in a sea of unstable men, only to exhibit his notorious skewed, if not sordid, side in the sack. And typically cautious of other men, he tends to prefer no-strings sexual bonds, taking his sweet time, sometimes never, settling into a steady relationship. Wow. So he's got, he's, he's like, he tip, dips his little toe in different pools, and he's like, eh, this is okay, and then it's like, nah. He, he, 
He has a failure to launch problem. He has a failure to connect problem. <laughs> yeah, we'll we'll see. It's uh, uh, this sign is actually related to the Leo. Huh. It's the I believe it's the the reverse Op- sign. Yeah. The opposite side of the wheel. Yeah, the yeah. antipode. Mm-hmm. Uh, and usually the opposite signs share a lot of Ops- characteristics. Similar traits. Sure. Uh, so the sign in the mind, the Aquarius's primary ruler, the planet of Uranus. Uranus. Uh, Saturn is a science sub-ruler. Uh, Uranus represents the cosmic principle of deviation and independence in the Zodiac. The water bearer is somewhat of a pioneer, if not a human mutation who breaks with tradition and so-called normalcy. The sign of Aquarius represents seeds of change that often make the water bearer a proverbial solitary voice in the wilderness trumpeting a new future, one that lies on the horizon that he is specifically engineered to perceive. Wow. He's an ideological explorer, naturally forward-thinking and progressive, notoriously planted on the avant-garde of human experience, the guy who pushes the envelope more than anyone in almost every aspect of life. The concept of the Aquarian age is all about change. Ah. The Aquarian age is purported to begin in the year... 2020. Are you serious? Yes, I am. That's what the book says. Yep. I want you to read that whole sentence again. I, I did. I did it out of order. But the concept of the Aquarian Age (parentheses) purported to begin in 2020 is all about change. And the Aquarian man alone represents the human character as catalyst for some drastic upheaval on a universal level. There are some, many of them Aquarians. Who believe that it is during this time in our evolution that we will meet extraterrestrials? This is the year. <laughs> that's why the that's why the raid on Area Fifty One did not happen in September. It wasn't time. The age of Aquarius is upon us. The age of change, and soon we will meet those little gray men. Harmony and understanding. (laughs) This quirky fellow is already living realities that the rest of us won't get our brains around for ages. His 11th astrological house is that of reformative activities, social consciousness, and spiritual unity. Archetypically speaking, Aquarius is Zodiac's dispenser of immortality, an arbiter of social change and a progressive who gives us a taste of mankind's future. On a metaphorical and spiritual level, there is more to Aquarius than might readily meet the eye. In the Greek myth, the water bearer, Ganymede, I believe is how that's pronounced. Mm -hmm. Ganymede. Ganymede, the figure of the the Aquarian constellation, embodies this same dispenser role, only with a decided gay twist. Fittingly, Uranus rules homosexuality. <laughs> yes, it. Uh, what? <laughs> I told you there are two jokes in this <laughs> I can always tell when one is coming. Father Zeus falls in love with Ganymede 
a beautiful shepherd boy, and in eagle form sweeps him off his feet and up to Olympus, where, before you can say sugar daddy, Zeus grants him immortality and installs him as cupbearer to the gods. Ooh. And Uranus rules homosexuality. That's on the nose. Yeah. <laughs> a bit too on the nose. Many cult leaders have been Aquarians. Next. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> every Aquarian male uh, becomes overly enraptured by his own imaginings, often delusional about his own grandeur. Aquarius is the one fixed air sign in the zodiac. Air symbolizes mental and social experience, and fixedness is just that a steadfast resolve and focused concentration. To, taken together, Aquarius has such set ideas about existence that he can't help but perceive even his most whimsical thoughts as uppercase truths. Sounds a little familiar. A little bit. Sounds a little bit like the Leo, except progressive instead of conservative. Yeah. Arrogantly so. Yeah. Uh, furthermore, Aquarians feel a need to convert others to his thinking. He doesn't merely think. He knows. And his sign's motto being, I know. My way or the highway. Being an air sign, the fertility Aquarius espouses is ideological, growing the seeds of social and intellectual change on an impersonal, sweeping, universal level. Wow, wait. Martin Luther King was born on the 20th. That's just a day before this. That's pretty cool. Wait, or that's when we celebrate Martin Luther King. I don't know if he was actually born that day. Mm, I, I doubt it because I doubt his birthday was the first or the second Monday of January every single year. Yes. Yeah. That'd be a, That'd be... Difficult. Yes. Be a difficult time to be on my brain. I'm just trying to think of what leaders I know of or what significant people. Oh, I'll have less than a few. Okay. Well, yes. Having such fixed ideas thus sees the Aquarian as the most calculating man in the Zodiac. For him, there's no such thing as an isolated action. His every move adding up to furthering his grand agenda if any man has a master plan for existence, it's the Aquarian, forever conscious of steering his destiny, leaving nothing to fate, seeking control not only of external environmental forces, but those natural ones raging inside him. Mm. Okay, just to clarify, because I don't want anybody to get mad at me. He was actually born on the 15th. So, uh, so he's fixed, a Capricorn. Fixedly a Capricorn. Yeah. So if you want to learn about Martin Luther King, go back two episodes. And re-listen to it. Because we all know you've listened to it once already. Yes. And then send me money. <laughs> His ruler, Uranus... <laughs> I'm going to stop at some point. <laughs> ...is the planet of innovation and mutation. Uranus. Yeah. The planet of innovation and mutation. But, yep. But... Butts, 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 butts. Sets Aquarius on the path of self-invention from day one. Thus, the water bearer becomes the brainchild of his own fertile imagination, something that can gain him as much reputation for being contrived as it does for being creatively original. 
Aptly, the sign of Aquarius is associated with the age group 70 to 77, a time when one's thoughts might naturally turn to mortality and thus what it might mean to meet with the proverbial great beyond. At this age, one becomes, once again, more reliant on others, pointing to the Aquarian ideal of socialized, all-for-one system of civilization. When was Bernie Sanders born? I'm on it. So Bernie Sanders was born in September. Okay. September 8th. Thank you, Dana. Yes. Which... They call me Fast Fingers. Uh, which is Virgo, I believe. Yeah. Yes. I remember... Well, yes, I remember looking that up at the time. Mm-hmm. The Aquarian male is, in every sense of the word, exceptional. Mm. I believe it had almost that exact sentence for Leo. I was going to say, did you, did you switch back to Leo on me? Yeah. The most poignant image of Aquarius's designation as the fixed air sign is his wish to attain a sense of glorious heaven, that fixed center of the sky where immortality is assured. He is Ganymede in this way, and he will happily let himself be taken up by others. He can do this, whereas others cannot, because he doesn't possess the personal need to keep his selfhood intact. So he would sacrifice himself for immortality. And for others. For others immortal. No, just for him. For them to take up his cause. Yes. Okay. Take him up. I'll lead you to immortality. Yeah, but he doesn't have a sense of selfhood. Okay. Aquarius man teaches the rest of us that personality is an illusion. And that we are made up of the same atomic particles as everything that surrounds us. We're all star stuff. Yeah, he already knows that we are but dust in the wind. So if personality is an illusion, then I can just throw this book away. (laughs) Uh, Maybe just for the Aquarius. Uh, Actually, that That might be so. Uh, The body and soul. In the adoptive spirit of his 11th astrological house, he seeks to replicate that which he most admires in other people, assimilating their best qualities into his own machination for living. Sure, all human beings imprint upon one another, but the difference here is that the Aquarius has a unique ability to consciously choose what and whose influences will be encoded into his own behavior. Ooh. He's very robotic. Yeah. Yeah. Like a Vulcan. Well, they're very logical. Oh, okay. He's a robot. He's a robot. Like Bender. <gasps> like Bender. No, but he... <laughs> yeah. I was going to say, Bender is not much of a robot. There's a lot about, like, them programming their own personality. Mm-hmm. Which is weird. Yeah, Maybe. So, like it, it like reeks of artifice. Yeah. Nothing nothing is real. Genuine. Everything is fabricated. Yeah. There's something vaguely unnerving about the Aquarian's tendency to co-opt experiences. Like his fellow fixed signs, the Taurus, the Leo, the Scorpio, the water bearer has a come hither attitude, making him more concerned with what he gets from rather than what he gives to others especially emotionally 
His native 11th house is also associated with the, the love one receives on a mass scale. And though, he, and though his inherent distance makes it difficult for him to invest in others, he is disproportionately expectant of acceptance, if not love. Hmm. Since, as a rule, air signs concern themselves with the intellectual, ideological, and social planes of, existence, of experience, the fixed air sign, water bear, strives for social security just as he seeks ratification of his often revolutionary ideas. So he wants to be loved, but he doesn't want to put love out. Mm-hmm. Yep. He can't... It sounds like he might have trouble making himself vulnerable. Yeah to someone to even kind of make them vulnerable enough to be loved. Does that make sense? Yeah. In a weird way, like you have to make yourself vulnerable in order to be intimate with someone enough to genuinely feel their love. Not according to an Aquarius. Okay, yeah. But yes, uh, it does say like they're not huggers. Yeah. They don't like being touched. They don't like physical proximity. Mm Mm-hmm. Space bubble. Yes. The list of famous Aquarian men is distinguished by thinkers, indeed seers, and often mystics who are light years ahead of their time. Hmm. Mozart. Rasputin. Wow. Ra, ra, ra. Galileo. You know that song, right? Mm-hmm. Rasputin. That might be the one for this one. We can do, <laughs> we can do Coming of the Age of Aquarius for the... Uh, Female. Yeah. Uh, Galileo. Copernicus. Thomas Edison, Jules Verne, Bertolt Brecht, James Joyce, Franklin Delano Roosevelt, Thomas Merton, Abraham Lincoln, and Charles Darwin. What a list. I checked Carl Sagan. He's in November. Because I mentioned we're all star stuff. Yeah. I I was like, Carl Sagan. But yeah, I know that he's back in November. I think he was one of the ones that we... Looked up for uh, Scorpio, wasn't he? I think so. Yeah, but I was kind of surprised because I was like, "Oh man, he sh- he would fit really good." I mean, he fits in Scorpio, obviously, but he also really fits in well here as well. Yeah, because it was Scorpio. Because it was like, Fixed "Oh yeah, sign. he's the he's the kind of guy that like wants to ruin everything." <laughs> so he's like, "Oh." You think you're happy with your spirituality? Mm-hmm. What if I told you everything you knew was a lie? Yeah. Don't you hate yourself now? <laughs> For the most part, the water bearer is quite tall with a ruggedly angular physicality. Although, the suddenly mutative energy of Uranus often sees him getting fat or bloating for extended periods in his adulthood, just as he may experience abrupt hair loss. But rarely does he go bald. Teddy Roosevelt. He's a little round. Oh, sorry. But rarely does he bald gradually. Hair hair today, gone tomorrow. (laughs) (laughs) Uranus rules both the gonads and the pineal gland, which, given its frontal position in the brain has been thought to correspond to the mystic third eye and is thus associated with clairvoyance. Mm -hmm. And foresight. Mm -hmm. Gonad. 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 The balls. In your brain? Well, the pineal gland and Uh the gonads. Oh, okay, okay. I was like, are they saying that the gonads are in the head? Because I'm confused. No, the pineal glands in the head 
There's a movie we did for that thing called a different podcast that we used to have. Oh, the 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 the, the movie one with the bad movies. Yeah. And they were, but not bad. They were just like, you know, B, B movies. Yeah. Bad, bad movie. Hurt me. Yeah. Oh no. <laughs> uh, was it, was it from beyond? I think it was from beyond. Yes. From beyond. Uh, that deals with, uh, someone opening a portal between, uh, not opening it. Uh, lifting the veil between dimensions and uh, spending too much time uh, with that open causes your pineal gland to grow uh, and it shoots out of their skull like little penises and it controls them and it makes them eat people. Yep. Sounds like a movie we would watch for B-movie deathmatch. It's a good movie. Yeah. (laughs) It's a very, very horny 80s horror movie. I'm sure. Because, yeah. The, the whole concept behind that was like, oh, the pineal gland. Once it's enlarged, it's making people hornier. Yep. Yeah. There's a uh, new Lovecraft movie. Oh, sorry. It is a love. It's a movie based upon Lovecraft. Oh. Uh, <laughs> and there's a new Lovecraft movie coming out. What's that? Uh, the Color Out of Space. Oh, cool. Comes out next week. Very Starring... Cool. Nicholas Cage, and it's it's been getting rave reviews. It's uh, got an eighty eight percent on Rotten Tomato. I'm super excited for it. it. Looks trippy as balls. That sounds awesome. They've already announced a uh, follow up. Wow, very cool. So I'm hoping I'm hoping the Alamo Draft House uh, here in our town gets mm-hmm. it because the only show times I could find were for the Alamo Draft House an hour away. And I don't want to drive an hour away. Or that it'll get limited release over here. Too. So tell me about that body. Is that uh, where you're at yet? Yes. Oh, yeah. Uh, so Uranus rules both the gonads and the pineal gland. Uh, yep. Mystic third eye. Uh, so he's also got big balls. He got damn big balls. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, he got he got big. He's got a lot of stuff to do. He needs some big balls in order yeah, to do he, some of that stuff. He got big balls. It's one of the things that get keeps harping on that his his balls are like grapefruits. Ow! Don't know if they're that big, but uh-huh. it does say he prefers to stand. <laughs> uh, as would befit his zodiacal designation, the water bearer is generally blessed. With an attractive swimmer's build. Though Aquarius generally fills out his speedos just fine, the bulk of his bulge is again often in his jumbo balls. (laughs) 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 Yeah. Some of those speedos are a little small. Like, I'm thinking in my head Michael Phelps, but with like two giant grapefruits like hanging off. Yeah, that that those don't that would be hard to swim. Yeah, so it doesn't. I guess he doesn't have much of a swimmer's bod because those those feel like they'd create a lot of drag. If they're, yeah, they're big balls. It's an anchor, basically. Yeah. Uh, so uh, that's it for the body. That's it. Oh, sorry. Uh, some uh, some Aquarius actors. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I would just like to point out. As it says, 
The water bearer is quite tall. Okay. Now I'm going to read a list of the actors. Tell me if one of these doesn't feel like it fits that. Paul Newman, tall, handsome. Rutger Hauer, tall, handsome. Peter Gabriel, yeah. Elijah Wood. He <laughs> must be the exception to the rule. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I was like, huh, only, only, only a paragraph later, huh? <laughs> Gonna... No, same paragraphs, just the bottom of it. There's an exception to every rule. It Elijah Wood, huh? Okay. Yeah. Uh, Christian Bale, John Travolta, and James Dean. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Elijah Wood. Not tall. Not, no. not at all. Nope. Uh, it's because he's not standing on his giant balls. Yeah, no. <laughs> Maybe he does have giant balls. Yeah, maybe, maybe that's, that's why he's not tall. It's, yeah, it stunted it, his growth. Yeah, yeah. They or they are like anchors, and yeah. they have just like compressed his spine down. Yeah, instead of growing tall, he grew big balls. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, that's why those pants had to be so baggy in Lord of the Rings. Oh, I, I heard he actually didn't have to wear uh, the prosthetic big feet because he just uh, he just put his balls on the bottom of his feet. <laughs> I'm sorry, Elijah Wood. (laughs) He just walked around like that. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And Christian Bale, who was Batman. Yeah. Uh, Sex and sexuality. Uh, The Aquarius seems not to fall prey to the machinations of his own libido. He quite simply seems beyond sex. Far more obviously focused on his lofty ideals, aspirations, and a signature need to feel above the fray of base human experiences. <gasps> this is personified by that fantastic vine of the guy playing the piano that says, have you ever tried it? Have you ever tasted? Wait. Lemons? No, no. He did the one where he's like, yeah, have you ever had really good pussy? Or is, it, is there anything better than really good pussy? And then he goes, a really good book. Dana, we're trying to attract uh, the young, young people to our show now. Yeah. Uh, so please, uh, redo your sentence except replace Vine with TikTok. Oh, I'm and sorry. And then censor all of it because the Chinese government said no. I'm sorry. Because TikTok is just a propaganda arm of the Chinese government. Oh... But it is the replacement for Vine. Is there anything better than Pussy? Yeah, a really good book. Is there anything better than Pussy? Yes, a really good book. That's not a Vine. Yeah, it was. Right? If it was, someone stole it. Oh. That's that's Bo Burnham. Oh. It was turned into a Vine. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Bo Burnham... Like, was a very early YouTube creator who was well famous before Vine came out. Like he, oh, I'm sure. Uh, he he. A few years ago, he made that movie Eighth Grade, which won like uh, best screenplay. Oh yeah. Yeah. Bo, yeah. Bo Burnham's way too big. Was way too big for Vine when Vine first came out. He was already famous. He was on episode an episode of uh, Parks and Rec. Oh. Played cool. uh he played this asshole country singer. Oh yeah. Yeah, I remember that one. Mm-hmm. Interesting. The more you know. Yeah. 
But I just think that particular one captures what this is about. Yeah, Bo Burnham's like the uh, white childish Gambino. Okay. I mean, yeah, they they are very similar. They yeah. both they both got their start uh, making internet videos. They both are extremely intelligent mm-hmm. and extremely funny, uh, and they both seem to be men of multiple. They're like a renaissance men. They can just do everything. Yeah, it's true. They 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 started in comedy, and you know, Childish Gambino is He's one of the most po- popular uh, rap artists, and uh, Bo Burnham made Eighth Grade a drama about a girl growing up in today's society. Yeah, good stuff. Okay, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to derail everything. <laughs> With, yeah. Okay. <laughs> I, I derail everything, so... Uh, hmm. The Aquarius makes people feel base for having sexual feelings for him. But this is a bit of a ploy. Astrology's Galahad... Uh, Galahad is also an Aquarius. Uh, typically isn't as pure and beyond sex as he would let others believe. Indeed, no male has a sleazier side, albeit a highly secret one. Mm-hmm. He expects worship. A mate must put and keep Aquarius on so high a pedestal that he feels continually paid tribute to by sheer virtue of the bond's existence. Hmm. On one hand, he needs a blind devotee. But on the other, it must be someone that he deems worthy of similarly high quality. He needs an acolyte. Yeah. <laughs> if they are not of high, high quality, their opinion won't count much. That Going back sense. to the... Uh, He's looking for a minion. Yeah. Like Stuart and Bob. Mm-hmm. And Kevin. Mm-hmm. The minions. Yeah. I wonder if Gru is an Aquarius. Uh, let me just uh, repeat a sentence real quick. Many cult leaders have been Aquarians. What? Acolytes. It's going to go back. <laughs> just wanna, Cultists. Just want to state that real quick. All the cultists. They need to be worshipped. Yes. Yes, they do. Aquarius must convert a woman to his programming and reinforce his every whim with affirmative nods. He can't, of course, live a life of debate or even discussion of his ideas, which from the instance he thinks of them must be immediately set in stone. So basically word taken as law. Yeah. Cult leader. Yep. Yeah. I mean, cult leaders are just the progressive version of authoritarians. Right. He cannot help but imposes somewhat severe ethics onto loved ones. Like any guru, he seduces a would-be adherent into believing what he knows what's best. That into believing that he knows what's best for her. By following his lead, she'll live life the right way. As he deems it right. He's a little scary. Sounds like it. Yeah. On one hand, I was like, oh, this guy seems kind of interesting. He's like very progressive, wants, wants the world to all live together in peace and harmony. Mm-hmm. On the other hand, it's my harmony mm-hmm. and my peace. All for one, but I get to determine how that works. <laughs> yeah. Aquarius is probably the least emotionally involved sexual persona. 
Thus, he isn't above screwing his way to the top, since such behavior can't touch him personally. So his heart's not in his dick. It's in his balls. <laughs> Which are on his feet. That explains why they're so large. It also explains why Frodo was, like, so tired climbing up Mount Doom. Yeah. He was stepping on his balls the whole way up there. Can I carry him? I can't. I can't. Sam. <laughs> Sam, I can't. <laughs> Mr. Frodo. I'll carry you. <laughs> I turned into... Turn into Alfred a little bit. <laughs> Master White. Ah, oh, and he was... Yeah! Oh my god! Batman and Frodo both had manservants helping them. And Christian Bale and Elijah Wood are both. Yeah. They're not the water bearers. They're the ones that are having water delivered to them. Yeah. Or they spike it with Kool-Aid and whatever. <laughs> Cult leader. Jim Jones was too cheap for Kool-Aid. Oh. He used Flavor-Aid. Oh, my The off-brand. And the first time in history that Flavor-Aid was happy that they were an (laughs) off-brand and that everyone was calling it Kool-Aid. Aw, darn. Oh, wait, that's not it. That's a different Jim Jones. Are you looking this up to be sure that I'm right? No, I'm just looking for his birthday. Oh. Is his name Jim Jones? No, it was Jonestown. May 13th. May 13th. He's a Taurus. Oh, which is a, uh, one of the signs that yeah, was like... another one of those fixed signs. Yeah. Oh, and he was not beyond screwing to let people up higher in his organization. Mm-hmm. Yep. He regularly would split up uh, couples yes. that would join, uh, force them to have sex with other people mm-hmm. to take away their power. Yep. He was a good guy. You should look him up. Right. He also was instrumental in desegregating uh, Indianapolis, but no one ever talks about that. No. no. He really was, though. It was not his magnum opus. I mean, it's, it's probably the one good thing he did in his entire life. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. A signature acquiring sexual proclivity is toward disciplinary action, such as spanking a partner, if not something more extreme. He's also infamously turned on by hum- humiliating a mate. The water bearer might own several sets of rubber sheets, but never involve himself in anything more than so-called pervert, anything more so-called perverted than unzipping his fly and relieving himself on a playmate in an all-too-graphic expression of Uranus's golden shower rule. Wow. Apparently Uranus rules golden showers too. Yeah. Um, I guess that's how he bears the water. Mm-hmm. He does. He bears the water. He bears it in his bladder and then pours it out. Mm-hmm. His wife will generally not be the one squealing and squeaking around on those rubber sheets. Indeed, she might find herself increasingly sexually wanting as her relationship with Aquarius Man progresses. Oh. So she's going to kind of get tired of his distanceness. Yes. Aquarius will meet other women for anonymous real-time sex, preferring one-shot deals rather than casual ongoing sessions. Given his trademark hands-off interactions, 
he worries little about bringing anything home to his usually dotting spouse. Doting. Dotting. (laughs) Doting. I knew I pronounced that wrong as soon as I said it, but I was just hoping to plow through it. Sorry. (laughs) Doting spouse who assumes that her genius husband is only increasingly beyond sex. Her eternal Galahad valiantly guarding his purity with mounting vigor. When really he's going around. He's just doing them one night stands. Yeah. Or paying for it. It Mm. does say that he regular or that this character will regularly pay for sex. Hmm. The water bearer with his uber idealized vision is perhaps overly concerned with the form or look of love rather than the actual content of the relationship. So how it appears to others. Yeah. It's like a farce. It's like a mask. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's keeping up appearances. Yep. The, the inside doesn't matter as long as the outside looks good. Yep. Another symptom of his need for thrills is the signature poking around for what can only be described as an adoration of the masses. Right. He needs the approval. Yeah. And mass approval. Yeah. Which is one of the reasons why he's so insistent about keeping up with appearances instead of actually tending the garden. Right. It's more about wanting other people to appreciate what it is instead of the work that goes into it. Right. Nobody has a trickier time negotiating his own sexuality more than the Aquarius. Our tall and handsome Galahad with the perfect lady wife and 2.5 children might just as easily be taking boys out to the woodshed as bending those girls over his knee for a friendly walloping. So he's into spanking and golden showers. And boys. Yes. There's there's no more bisexual sign than the uh, Aquarius. Mm-hmm. Uh, such interludes never touch him deeply, though. Thus, he does not feel defined by them. Uh, in fact, the Aquarius male may re- repress homosexual stirrings, a tendency that later gives rise to a variety of fetishes. Again, this is a thing for keeping up with appearances. This is uh, the only reason he would repress homosexual urges is because the outside world stigmatizes them. Right. Otherwise, he doesn't care. Yeah. It doesn't affect him. Which makes him feel... Makes him sound like a sociopath. A little bit. Uh, as planet Uranus rules homosexuality, one might say it rules homophobia as well. The male water bearers are especially cagey when it comes to man-to-man contact. Such displays are measured, contained, and measured and contained even when he is unabashedly gay. Just like, like a straight side, he mm-hmm. he doesn't like. It's not touchy feely. Yeah, he likes to keep a distance. No PDA around here. Mm-hmm. The Aquarian native of the eleventh house of acquaintances is actually more comfortable having casual, impersonal sex with a number of people than he is having an intimate relationship with one. The gay Aquarian, more than most will be a subscriber to casual, if not anonymous, sex. Wow. 
He has a homing device for power, honed so early on in life that he ends up insinuating himself into the life of often brilliantly intelligent or artistic individuals. Not so much interested in just finding someone rich and influential, he's looking to be the major domo for the veritable god whose talents are the sources of are the source of immortalization. Just like the uh, Ganymede. Ganymede. Mm-hmm. Uh, just as a goodly number of Aquarian straits could easily swim in the gay pool, so too are gay identified water bearers perpetually attracted to women. When it comes to labels, Aquarius shrugs. If you had to peg any tag on the water bearer of any persuasion, one would be calling him not bi, nor pan, but rather uber sexual. <gasps> wow. So he's just, yeah, yeah, all of it. Gay, straight, whatever. It's just sex. Mm-hmm. I'm beyond this. Yeah. I only, I only do this to get my rocks off and then. Yeah. Got to empty these suckers out sometime. Yeah. <laughs> They're too big. <laughs> a common misconception that sperm is stored in the balls sperm is wait what is one of them is not stored in the balls what? they're not stored they're created hey. there yeah yeah he communes with a person even sexually based on the quality of their ideas first Submission, it must be said, has always been something every Aquarian male mainly seeks to inspire psychologically far more than physically. Hmm. So it's all about playing mind games. Not surprising. It's an air sign. Yeah. And sex is almost always just a means to an end for them. So yeah, just looking to... Again. Release. Sociopathic. Kind of, yeah. It's like... We're having sex because you can get me something. Right. Yeah. It's all about what you can do for me, not what. Yeah. Not that I care for you and want to give myself up to you. Yeah. It's a little sad. That's it. That's it. Mm-hmm. Wow. Not a lot of information. But I guess it's kind of hard. It would be hard to kind of wiggle your way into the brain of somebody like this because they would have a distance to them. I mean, the, the, ever since I said that they sound sociopathic, it's like going back through and thinking about some of the stuff is like, uh, they, they can like almost perfectly pick and choose what attributes from other people they want Mm -hmm. to imprint upon themselves. It's like, okay, well that sounds a little robotic, robotic. Yeah, it does. But it seems like there's a lot of people that use that power for good. Like, I don't know, like Franklin Roosevelt was a great person. Again, I don't believe any of this, but Abraham Lincoln, yeah. Almost everyone on that list uh, seemed to be a somewhat decent person. Yeah. Except for Thomas Edison. And Rasputin. What's, what was wrong with Rasputin? They made a whole song about him. <laughs> oh, yeah, he's fine. My bad. It's My super mistake. super catchy. Yeah. Uh, Galileo, Copernicus, yeah. Jules Verne. I don't know how James Joyce was in his personal life. Charles Darwin. 
Charles Darwin wasn't yeah. a sociopath. He was, yeah. he was, from all accounts, like super in love with his wife. Yeah. To, to the point where he explicitly wrote his theories so that they could fit in with her religious beliefs. Mm-hmm. I think it's interesting that these are all, these all seem to be the type of guys to scurry away to their study to do work. You know, like they're very involved in discovery yes. and ideas and, um, they like, it's kind of like, <laughs> they're all very tall. Yes. Except for Elijah. Alexa, except for Elijah Wood. Were they all very tall? <sighs> Who knows how tall Rasputin was? No, Rasputin wasn't tall. He, wait, he was tall. I think he was tall. Yeah. He was freakishly tall. We can find out. We have, we have the technology. He had giant balls. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, the turn-ons. Well, Dana looks up, uh, some facts about Rasputin. 6'4". Yeah. I, yeah, I remember that the last time I was like, oh yeah, no, he was... Really tall. Like, at, for the time, freakishly tall, extremely dirty, and never bathed. Right. And no one ever wanted to be around him. Except for the Tsar's family. And there were rumors that he, the Tsar was being cuckolded by him. Probably. Not. Probably not. I don't think so. Oh. I don't know. He had to have some way of worming his way into the family. I mean, they saw him as like a prophet. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so the straight turn-ons. Uh, <laughs> am I in the right chapter? Okay. So the straight turn-ons. As I said, huh? Because <laughs> uh, number one... Dominant females. Uh, blondes, uh, I mean, he, he does like... I mean, he, he wants people who he values to appreciate him, but... Yeah. So, but there's, there's kind of like a common belief, I don't know if there's a lot of value to it, that people that are very dominant in... outside of the bedroom are very submissive sometimes in the bedroom and they want someone who can do the same. Yeah, but it, uh, it said that he loved humiliating people. That yeah. was one of the main things. Yeah. So, anyway, who knows? That's weird. Uh, blondes and redheads, Africans, Indians, and Asians, waifs and tomboys. Okay. I mean... Yeah. A little bit of everything. Yeah. Uh, executive women. Passive seduction. He likes being seduced. Extended foreplay. Lesbian porn. Passive B&D. Active S&M. Passive oral. Lesbianism. Don't know why that's separate from lesbian porn. Uh, MFF threesomes. Phone and cybersex. Active mind control. Ooh. Yeah, he uses his giant balls. Balls as like <laughs> Do not look away from the balls. Do not You're now look entering. away. Yeah. You're now entering the testicles. Oh. <laughs> uh swapping in orgies, kink and fetish. Okay. I, I love it whenever it does just kink and fetish. Okay. Uh, passive water sports. Mutual anal play. Hmm. 
Hot. What? Uh, what? What? With Uranus being the ruler of this side, he yeah. likes lots of anus. Yeah. That, that would, yeah. Your anus, my anus. Everybody's got an anus. You keep going on and on about your anus. What about <laughs> my anus? <laughs> uh, passive. Uh, oh, passive deprivation. Ooh, that could go in a lot of different ways. Uh, sex clubs and groups. Female masturbation. Being cuckolded. Wow, see? Humiliation and passive worship. Mm-hmm. So he likes being worshipped, but he also likes being humiliated. Yeah. Wow. The gay turn-ons. Older men and mentors. Harry Pecks. Ooh. Some of those bear type hairy guys or otters. Major penis size and foreskin. Size queen. Yeah. Okay. Size queen. Bears, bikers, and hippies. Skaters and skinheads. Jocks, socks, and sports kits. Apparently, if you just wear some kind of uniform, whether it be one that aligns you with a social group like hippies or a sports group, he likes it. Uh, Bottoming, uh, passive rimming, active oral and swallowing, groups and anonymity, passive heavy B&D, passive light S&M. Raunch, kink, and light scat. Tea rooms, glory holes, and baths. Truckers and blue-collar workers. Again, the uniforms are popping up. (laughs) They should just put uniform. Passive... Oh, jeez. Passive fisting. (laughs) Enemas. Water sports. Plugs, clamps, and pumps. Pornography and poppers. Restraints, cages, and slings. Passive teasing and torture. Low hangers. Mommy Deer said no more wire hangers, but she didn't say anything about low hangers. (laughs) Active ball play and... That's quite a list. And a derogatory term for transvestites. Oh, Thank you, book. <laughs> yeah. Better we just didn't. Book book written in 2003 when people weren't as knowledgeable. But now, but now it's the age of Aquarius, and uh, we're more enlightened than ever. And now we have to figure out what to do with that. Um, all right. The straight couplings uh, start with the Aquarius man and the Aries woman. He has a sobering effect. Her remote nature mirrors his own. Each inhabits a separate sphere. The overall effect is either meditative or mismatched. Sexually, they're unrestrained. Limits might be lacking. So they're just like trapped in two separate balls. (laughs) 
mean, maybe. We're trying to these two giant balls. <laughs> there, well, and I like the the limits might be lacking thing. That's pretty impressive, actually. Well, yeah, because he's a sociopath. <laughs> yeah. Um, Nothing affects him. Yeah. All right. So, what the Aquarius man and Taurus woman. Lurking tension requires exploration. She must clear her mind of prior expectations. For him, it's time to get real. Another caveat, they must be careful not to constantly contradict each other. Their saving grace, the sex is stellar. That's always, I feel like that's always what it says, usually. Like, oh, things may not be so great, but the sex is good. It's like back at Scorpio. Yeah, I feel that like a lot. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that is true. A We're lot having a lot of connections between Aquarius, Leo, Leo and Scorpio. Scorpio, yeah. yeah. All those fixed signs. I don't remember what it That's what it said was it was a fixed sign thing. Interesting. They all think that they're right about everything no matter what. <laughs> Apparently. I mean, that's what it said. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay, um, Aquarius man and Gemini woman, they have an instant attachment. Codependence could be a pitfall. Emotionally bound, sexually wrapped. At best, they embody the power of positive thinking. Otherwise, unreality dissolves into disillusionment. Sexual appetites are unwieldy. Okay. Have any of them been positive yet? Not exactly. Well, it depends. Aries wasn't bad. They just have their separate spheres. So, I don't know. It seems like most of them have been, like, negative and then been like, but, but that dick. Yeah. The, the, the balls. It didn't say anything about the dick. Yeah. I'm but, so I curious. Mean, it is, like, they, they good at fucking, so. Yeah. But then it also described that any t- anyone that he's in a long-term relationship with, he stops having sex with them and starts sleeping with other people. Yeah. So the whole... Like the door has to be open for him. Yeah, so this is like the whole, like, well... And he needs at to least they're good at sex, so your relationship shouldn't last any more than four months. Yeah. Because then they'll just stop. Yeah. Some people have that, and it works. All right, with the cancer woman, he dotes, taking responsibility for her feelings... In a constant process of catharsis, this couple is exhausted and exhilarated. Sexually, they're often at odds. She needs intimacy, and he's happiest when he's somewhat detached. With the Leo woman, it's an indelible impression. Uh, oh, sorry. An indelible impression is made. Their bond develops via emulation. She might mimic him. Furthering ambitions is a prime motivation. He's inventive and erotic. She needs straightforward sexual expression. So that one's like, well, the relationship's pretty solid, but the sex, they don't line up. Yeah. He's inventive and erotic, and she needs straightforward. So she was just, she was one of those that's like, no, nothing beyond vanilla. Yeah, pretty much. Anything doggy style is my line. Yeah. I think that was right about them, actually. I think so. So, yeah. So far, it's been like, either the sex is good and the relationship's bad, or the relationship's bad and the sex is... or The sex yeah, is good. The, yeah. Or, yeah, vice versa. So, this is... 
who's their happy person? <laughs> Six of one, half dozen of the other. Yeah, who, who's the happy <laughs> medium? Yeah, I don't know. Um, all right. Uh, with the Virgo woman, they're born again. A spiritual overtone exists from the start. Still, there's a forbidden element here. She may be much younger or from a distinctly different background. In bed, they're like-minded and full of surprises. Okay. That one's not So bad. that one's like, that one's good on both levels, except the family might disagree. Mm-hmm. So that one's fine. That one's good. With the Libra woman, it's unusual and spontaneous and marked by constant change and intense affection. This pairing is rare. They're pi- private and possessive. Lovemaking is elaborate, elaborate, energetic, and all-consuming. Even as a fling, the sex is unforgettable. So, good um, with Libra woman. I'm wondering about the lovemaking is, or what, the, this relationship is rare? Mm-hmm. It says this pairing is this rare. Pairing is rare. Does that mean it rarely happens, or does it mean like this is like class? Mm-hmm. Is it slang? Like, is it rare? Is in like, oh man, what a good relationship? Or is it rare? Is in like this rarely happens for I some think reason? It's rare, as in like it's good. Um, if I'm not wrong, I'm just a bit underdone. <laughs> yes. All right. With the Scorpio woman, it's hard work, but it's often worth it. Restrictions are stripped away, and then there's nothing to keep them from individual success. An abiding sexual attraction sustains them through inevitable rough patches. Also not bad. I mean... Hard work, but... Inevitable rough patches. It also Mm -hmm. said that they didn't care for the hard work part of the relationship. They just like keeping up appearances. Yeah, that's true. All right, with the Sagittarius woman, they meet and lives are turned upside down. At first, they're formal, and then suddenly it's love and marriage. Aquarius learns to lavish attention in bed. The estimable archeress will not accept anything less. Well, there you go. That's like the Virgo and the the Libra were both like positive. Uh This one was the one that was like... Aim for it. Yeah. This is this is your your perfect match here. There you go, Aquarius men that are listening to this, that believe in this. Sagittarius. Only date woman. Sagittarius. There you go. Or possibly Libra or Virgo. Yeah. All right. Um, with the Capricorn woman, they fuse into a package deal of practicality and purpose. Still, Capricorn won't sacrifice her own objectives. They are notoriously accomplished. In bed, it's an ongoing master class. Student and teacher roles are rotated. Oh, well, that one's not bad either. No, not bad. So you just need to pick something from the back half of the Zodiac, it sounds like. Yeah. The front half don't like you. Yeah. Uh, Aquarius on Aquarius. They feel superhuman, seeming to live in perpetually exalted state. For him, perfection is the goal. For her, the focus is to improve the human condition. Little energy is left for sex, so they should set some uh, set aside some time. <laughs> uh, slightly upsetting. Well, it sounded like the best relationship-wise, just not the best sex-wise. Yeah. That, yeah. that sounded like they just forget about it. Yeah, it's it's, it's on the it's on the back burner. All right, and finally, with the Pisces woman, restoration and atonement are the keys to this committed bond. 
compensation is due emotionally and financially, and life pays them back in full. Sexually, too, they're making up for any losses. Emotionally and financially? Mm-hmm. That's... They're committed. They work hard. Restoration and atonement. That seems weird. Seems like a lot of back and forth and... I don't know. A lot of keeping tabs on things. And you're, you're paying your spouse? Yeah, I don't know. I don't get that. That's confusing. All right. For the uh, gay couplings here, we're going to begin with Aquarius man and Aries man. Aries might need more affection than Aquarius is inclined to offer. But when it works, individuality and independence await. Somehow, sex stays comfortably casual. Other couples often enter the mix. So they swing around a little bit. Well, it did say that they usually fling. Mm-hmm. So yeah. it, it would make sense that even in a relationship, they would be, uh, wouldn't it be tied down? Right. I like how they said sex stays comfortably casual. All right. Um, Aquarius. So they don't, they don't. They don't dress up. <laughs> Hello, sir. How are you doing this evening? <laughs> I am very well. Thank you for asking. <laughs> are we here for the uh, sniff and tickle? <laughs> oh my goodness. All right. With the Aquarius man and the Taurus man, it's a bond that's bound to have ballast. Say that three times fast. I think they're just really trying to say it's balls to the wall. Bound to have ballast. <laughs> It's a bond that's bound to have ballast. Each feels he's found the perfect partner. Dynamic Aquarius introduces his bull boy to new and exhilarating situations, sexual and otherwise. They raise each other's professional profile. Moo. Moo. <laughs> uh, that bull boy is thirsty for his water bearer. Er, rur, rur. Water bear. Water bearer. Okay. Moo. Oh, here you go. All right. Aquarius man and Gemini man. Oh, yay. My favorite. Gemini's fantasy of being devoured by a big, bad man. Bear? A water bear? (laughs) (laughs) I'll start over. Okay. Gemini's fantasy of being devoured by a big, bad man. Aquarius is the sometimes scary supreme sign of the Zodiac. This is a dynamic and exhilarating ride for two intellectually inclined guys. I mean, it is scary being eaten by a giant water bear. (laughs) Yes, yes. All right, with the Cancer Man, Cancer directs Aquarius down a more traditional life path. To the Moon Man, to the moon man, success is measured by the money one makes. Resentments resound if creativity is sacrificed to status. Sexually, the tables turn. Aquarius is the authority. Ah, oh, shit. What? I would have expected him to be the authority anyways, but that's just me. I just came up with a good song for that episode, even though that one was released a while ago. Oh, okay. Moon Man. We could have done the Rick and Morty song. Oh. Goodbye, Moon Man. Yeah. What episode? What? I probably used Major Tom or something. The one with fart. Or, yeah. No, I mean, for for that episode, I probably used, uh, like, Space Oddity or something. Yeah. No, I didn't. No. I did something stupid for that episode. I'm going to go back and replace the song with something else. Okay. Everyone, re-download whatever episode that was. (laughs) 
All right. Uh, with the Aquarius man and Leo man. This is opposite sides of, of the, opposite sides. the wheel here. They're both know-it-alls who believe that whatever they believe is I'm, the fact. I'm the best. No, I'm the best. <laughs> All Follow it, me. No, you follow me. According to what we've read, mm-hmm. this should say that there's no possible way they can get along because they will just be constantly arguing because their ideas are the truth mm-hmm. and that one is progressive and one is conservative. And so there should be no way that they could get along. Now, read it. Okay. (laughs) So, Aquarius man and Leo man, they exist to support each other. No. Before long, Leo reevaluates his lifestyle, reconfiguring his priorities. Aquarius creates their new order. His rules take precedence. Passionate love frees Leo of any self-doubt. Hmm. That doesn't mesh with what we've read about them. I did not know that Aquarius would be able to out-Leo a Leo, but he takes the captain's seat, it would seem. It doesn't mesh with what it said about them. I know, right? They should be at odds. Something's got to get. Which is something I want to see. Yeah. A lion versus a water bear. (laughs) Okay, the Aquarius man and the Virgo man. A liberating relationship, signaling a life change for Virgo and a sexual awakening for Aquarius. But freedom comes at a price. Anxieties anxieties augment, and Virgo especially feels unsettled. In bed, these boys believe in bad behavior. With the Aquarius man and Libra man, Libra is in the market for a soulmate when he meets the water bearer, bombarding him with a detailed life history. An abiding friendship ensues, one that may not withstand the complexities of deeper commitment. I mean, that's what it said about the sign in general, though, is that they don't commit. Yeah, exactly. With the Scorpio man, another one of those fixed signs, if they're seeking a support system, they might find it in each other. But turning joint plans into actuality proves arduous. They need a third-party perspective. Though they often drift in and out of love, sex might keep them together. Bring Leo in. Yeah, because Scorpio has double the sex and Aquarius has none. Get all the fixed signs in there and just have them all arguing because they all know the truth. (laughs) Yeah. yeah. No, fist me. I don't want to fist you. I know how to do this. <laughs> Scorpio's like, I'll fist everybody. Fist me. <laughs> oh, this is great. Okay. Um, with the Sagittarius man, they're an extraordinarily passionate pair. Sadly, each may surrender to his own instability. Grandiosity is a pitfall. Self-mythologizing means that they live in a land of make-believe. Sexual antics often border on out there. Which I don't know what that means. It's very unclear. Out there. Out there. It's from beyond. Oh, okay. They've got little dicks that pop out of their uh, foreheads. That's it. All right, with the Capricorn man, Cap is afraid of being waylaid by the strange-seeming water-bearer. But in Bond, Aquarius champions Capricorn's cause. Their sex life is eccentric and at times conservative. Otherwise notable for its perverse nature. 
What, what a sentence. I'm going to read that again. Their sex life is eccentric, at times conservative, otherwise notable for its perverse nature. So it's just all over the place. It's eccentric and conservative. And notable for its perverse nature. I don't know. That's a sentence. It, it disagrees the with book. itself all in one. It, it goes back and forth disagreeing with itself, too. All right. Aquarius man on Aquarius man. Notoriously detached from one another. Little wonder this uncommon double water bearer pair struggles to find common emotional ground. A water bearer pair? Yeah. Sexually, even the slightest dalliance is cause for relationship rupture. So if they cheat on either one of them... It's but the all they care about is cheating. Yeah. <laughs> all right. With the Pisces man, they're self-satisfied souls. Finally, Aquarius and Pisces quit trying to change. Spiritual purity is often their mutual modus operandi. Together, they simply stop stressing. In bed, egos are abandoned. I mean, it makes sense. Could be good. The water bearer has what the fish needs to live. Yeah. Water. Yeah. And so, uh, yeah, those were interesting. Yeah. I'm very surprised at a lot of how this, I don't know, paired up. As I've, as I've said previously, whenever you're reading these, I'm imagining the uh, symbols of their signs. Mm-hmm. Uh, and seeing how they would mesh together. Mm -hmm. Uh, This time, instead of imagining a water bear, I was imagining a bear made of water. Oh! So that's why I kept going, rawr. Rawr. Because I was imagining a bear made of water with a huntress, (laughs) a bear made of water with a lion. Yeah. There's a lot of fighting in today's today's Chris's mind. Uh, So that's it for... uh, our episode on Uranus. I mean Aquarius. Aquarius. And I believe we after we finish with the next Aquarius, we only have two, two more signs. signs. We've almost made it through yep. the entire year. And we have to we're finishing with my sign. Mm-hmm. With the women yeah. of, of Aries. The grand finale. I've been waiting so long to find out about myself. (laughs) (laughs) Don't lie. You've read it. (laughs) I, I know about Aries anyways, because of other things that I've read, but I haven't, it's different. Aries, A-R-E-S is different from Aries, the sign A-R-I-E-S. Are you sure? Yes. Isn't that how Aries is spelled? No. Mars? Aries? A-R-E-S. Yeah, there's no I. But Mars is the ruler. Yeah. I feel like someone just spelled it wrong a long time ago and they've just just spelled it. Yeah, absolutely. It's very possible. All right. Some were lost in Greek and Latin and Roman and something or another myth so yeah well that that was today's episode of kink cast uh if you enjoyed listening definitely uh shoot us a line and let us know how you like these episodes we're coming up on finishing them and i can't believe we spent a whole year going through this book give us i'm really grateful i'm grateful that we have i've learned a lot 
And it's really fun to meet people because I'm like, what's their sign? What's your sign? And it's oh. giving me insight a little bit. You're the female billing ball. Yeah. I'm gonna Here's go Here's your sign. <laughs> I'm gonna go draw a third eye on my forehead and then say, It's the age of Aquarius, twenty twenty, look it up. I, I thought that was uh, interesting when I read that, and I was like, oh, we picked the right year. We did. We yeah. Did. If we had started last year with this, then we would have missed out on the age of Aquarius. It was fated. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, you should uh, you should watch From Beyond. It's an interesting movie. <laughs> All right. Well, definitely uh, reach out to us. You can find us on Facebook at Kinkcast Podcast. You can also find us on Twitter at Kinkcast Podcast, on Instagram at Kinkcast, mm-hmm. and you can always send us an email at kinkcastpodcast at gmail.com. I can almost guarantee that there are going to be some pictures of bears in water on, on this week's Instagram. One hopes. Yes. One hopes. Rawr. So there's all kinds of cool stuff on our Instagram. Definitely check it out. And until next time, thanks for listening. Next week, be ready for more water bear and Uranus. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.